0: Savannah Lee and Cat will tell you the facts from shows on or off Broadway. Your
1: bi weekly show, will follow more to know. Listen to what they have to say. This podcast won't run a week with Cat and
0: Sleep.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Roger Bart, as Mama Rose in the Roundabouts, all male production of Gypsy no <laughs> yeah.
0: yep oh no okay <laughs> don't even put it into existence <laughs> I expel that negative energy <laughs> I expel it um, and I am Vanessa Hudgens as the other side of the coin in the Munis production of the mystery of Edwin Drood starring
1: and- Jim Parsons <laughs> and this podcast won't run a week your bi-weekly musical theater podcast where we talk about musicals and this week you just tried to cut me off bitch you tried to cut me off well i didn't re- i thought you were done no, i thought i thought no, vanessa hutchins no, was the end of it i
0: wanted a twist oh y'all, y'all wanted, wanted a twist, twist? <laughs> um she's no. i'm watching i'm watching like i said earlier well I guess I didn't say this earlier we weren't technically started but I'm watching the Marvel movies in chronological order right now and following the Marvel canon how they sprinkled in two final credit scenes that's me right now but two stars that was a long-winded way of going it pissed me off that they do two final credit scenes because I didn't know that and I missed I was like why are all these final credit scenes just like Little like punchlines, rather than like giving me information about the next movie, and then I realized, oh my god, there's a middle, there's a middle credit scene. <laughs> I had no idea. I know. I, I was know. angry when I found that out. So I missed a bunch of them because oh. I did had no idea.
1: Well, I guess you have to go back and start over.
0: <laughs> yep watch every single movie all over again. Jesus. No thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Love
1: those movies but I just oh, yeah. don't need
0: I, I need to get through this.
1: <laughs> yeah I need to get through, this. Um, get through this. This week there's a mystery afoot. There's been a murder in Savannah and the murder. There's been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's Thank the... you for bringing that up. Of course.
0: Of I course,
1: <laughs> and it's the mystery of Edwin Drood.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, um,
0: the mystery of Edwin Drood is okay. Listen, I I love the show. I've seen it, and it I saw uh School of the Arts' production of it, mm-hmm. um, and it was fan fucking tastic. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that musicals could be like that. I mean, I knew that they could be humorous like that, but, like, I'd never seen an audience participation show like that mm-hmm. ever. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen one ever like that. Let me think. Is there any other show that's really like this? Um, oh, really. I mean. That you pick your own adventure at the
1: end? I don't. Mm, not that I can think of. I also think that, like, audience participation shows are really, like, bad name in the theater industry I think people see them as like cheap but this is a very like this is a very unique audience mm -hmm. participation and it and it's you go to this show because of it
0: yeah I mean and because the music is so good do you know who wrote the music to this show
1: I have no idea I know so little about this show
0: girl okay one second hold on okay (laughs) I'm it made me laugh so hard Rupert Holmes, mm-hmm. does that name ring a bell to anyone? Write in the comments below. Uh you he wrote and sang hmm. the Pina Colada song. If you like Pina Coladas and getting caught in the rain
1: And a real artist, a true artist.
0: He wrote the music and lyrics. And this is his idea. This whole show was his idea to do. I love that. Like what <laughs> a weird piece of trivia. Like, I had zero idea until I I started doing research. Yeah. Why? I mean, listen, I want to talk about his inspiration real quick. It's... Because it is the... Those two things just never in my mind would ever overlap. Anyway, um, let me talk about his inspiration real quick. The musical Drood, which is it, it's um, more casually known as rather than the mystery of Edwin Drood, is based off and derived from two major inspirations. And that is Charles Dickens' unfinished novel, which we learned that in the beginning of the show. It is called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. But it's also derived from the British pantomime and music hall traditions that reached the height of their popularity in the years of Dickens' death. Which is like that's really fucking interesting. The major creative contributor, the major contributor to the musical druid was obviously Rupert Holmes. Like I said, and he spent his early days of childhood in England. And at the age of three, he would experience theater for the first time when he was taken to the modern panto, complete with cross-dressing lead boy and audience sing-alongs and tiki drinks. I guess because he likes pina coladas Uh, against the rain. Um, it was years a rainy day a- in jolly old England. It was. He's like, this is a day for cheating on my wife with pina coladas. <laughs> I'm ten you know, years old. You know that's what that song is about, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I learned that, I was like, oh my god, it is. Oh my god. And then at the end, when they both go, they both are like, they both are decided to cheat on each other, and they show up at the same bar and they go, ah you <laughs> you got like, me you got me and you I got got you got got but I also it's like that scene from Family Guy when Hitler and um what's his what's Ava Braun's woman? it is Ava Braun okay mm-hmm. I was like that's not right but it is when they go to take the pills together to like do a mutual I like, suicide uh, and then they go ah uh, <laughs> love that that uh, is so that's the Pina Colada song anyway <laughs> anyway Anyway, um, some years later, as an 11-year-old boy fascinated by mystery books, Holmes discovered the unfinished Dickens novel. Both of these seminal experiences would go on to have a major impact on Holmes when he first approached to write a new musical by impresario. What? Nope. Impresario. Excuse me. Joseph Papp. Which, okay, listen, uh, Joseph Papp is a uh, theatrical producer and director, so they, they teamed. It's just such a random crossover from I, When I read that, I was truly blown away. I had no idea. Druid is an unusual part of Holmes featuring the book, music, lyrics, and full orchestrations of the show. Though Holmes believed no Broadway creator had done this before, and despite frequent mentions of this feat, feat in articles and reviews of the show, the practice was not entirely uncommon in the days of musical theater songwriters, including Adolf Phillip, who were previously credited with books to their musicals. However, none of these Composers, uh, librettists had ever written their own orchestrations as well. So, this was like a big deal. He thought it was a bigger deal than it was, which is hilarious and like very on brand for me. (laughs) Me too. I don't think anyone has ever done anything like this before. I'm going to start a podcast about musical theater.
1: (laughs) I'm going to start a podcast about musical theater. No one has ever done it before. It's a, it's a hit. It's a sure to be smash. Sure to be a
0: smash. But also, like the guy from the Pina Colada song, like, I just, I can't. It's so random. It's um, so random. <laughs> Yes. Holmes said that I think that Dickens would have enjoyed the work, but also pointed out that it has some relationship to Dickens that Kiss Me Kate does to The Taming of the Shrew. So it's, it's more of a flavor than a full on like retelling. Right. Sure. Um, the pantomime concept also allows Holmes to employ a female in the lead male role, which I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, which further allowed him to write love songs designed to be sung by two sopranos. I guess he was like, this is easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it had nothing to do with feminism. No. He just let's gonna um, make this easier for me. Yes.
1: I am writing um, the administrations, so
0: Exactly. So yes, so just just so random, and I love I love that little piece of information. There's small deviations from the novel, like we said, it is originated from the unfinished work of Charles Dickens. So there are several differences between the musical and its source material. The tone of the book, um, which Dickens is really known for his bleakness, mm-hmm. um, and th- this this show is not bleak in any sense of the word.
1: No,
0: um, it's very lighthearted and is very comedic. Um, the most notable difference, though, is the characterization that involves Jasper. Though Dickens' character is undoubtedly represent yeah, repossessed? Repressed. Oh my God, let me say that again. <laughs> um <laughs> I was like, why does this sound weird? I think I'm having a stroke. It's fine. Though Dickens' character is undoubtedly repressed and troubled, he is not depicted with the fully fledged split personality that he appears to have in the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, several minor characters are omitted. Uh, and then in the musical, Bazard is. Chris Sparkle's assistant whereas in the novel he's employed by Rosa Budd as her guardian and yeah so it's just like little changes here and there although there's several of them but it's nothing that really changes the giant plot other than the characterization of Jasper in and how we see him in the musical great notable casts include there's not a lot of big names that have done this show because it's not done very much yeah but notable people to bring out Betty Buckley was famous was famously uh in the role of drood in the original cast uh she had she was replaced though by donna murphy i love that awesome i was i saw that and i was like that is amazing casting yeah i also didn't know that she could sing like that though i didn't know she could she could like belt that end of hit the uh hit the
1: wall uh, uh, writing on the wall hit the wall by the (laughs) bodies hit the floor yeah i think her like natural timbre is a bit lower so it's just interesting Mm -hmm. To a, i'm sure she can but i don't ever think about her singing that high i don't ever think yeah exactly but go um, for her <laughs> yeah
0: so donna murphy was uh was the biggest one and then uh in the revival of course we had uh sjb stephanie j block <laughs> uh, as drood um which we love jim norton who um there was something that was like very He's,
1: he played um mayor thomps thomas right
0: yeah, but there was something that he did where I was like, "Oh, that guy. Um, hold on. Oh, never mind. All I never what mind. I, I, um, I yeah. read it. I read it wrong. Um, I thought it he, he was in the Sweeney, which I I read that and I assumed that he played the judge in Sweeney Todd. I don't know why I went. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> anyway, so jim norton who is he don't care betsy wolf was rosa budd in the uh revival but she wasn't really a huge name quite yet and i think this kind of put her into the 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 know-how um the who's who of hulu um and then will chase who we love it's such good casting too it's It's really good casting yeah it's really except which this is good casting but i didn't love her in this Cheetah rivera it's great casting. I see why they cast her in it, but I think I—I I, I don't know. I, I was like, I think there was probably someone better, but I definitely like am here for it. Yeah. Anyway,
1: well, we'll see if we can find it. someone better at the end of the episode. You know,
0: um, a fan, f- uh, a, a favorite of the podcast, Andy Carl. Yeah. 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 Um, was uh Neville Landless and Jesse Mueller was Helena Landless. Who are infam- infamously known as the um, Indian? Uh, is it okay to s- yeah?
1: Yeah, because no. they're they're from well they're from Ceylon, which is modern day Sri Lanka. So, so I should so. say South. You, they're Asian. South Asian, yeah, they're South Asian. Okay, um, so they are infamously Im- infamously
0: known as playing South Asian characters in this yeah uh, play um, nah. these characters are South Asian people we'll get into it later never yeah. mind yeah, yeah. Um, so they're playing Southeast Asian characters and in this revival and in other productions I've seen uh, uh fully, um, doing fully, fully doing fully doing brown face uh, uh, yeah fully doing brownface thanks um yes um and then there's that's really about it but anyway yes it's a really great show and some really cool people have done it and I'm really excited that we're talking about it thanks. Not the longest synopsis in the world, but it's also not the shortest. So buckle up. Um, (laughs) So act one opens as the members of the music hall Royale circulate among the audience, introducing themselves to the patrons. More and more members of the company add to the growing noise until the music begins and the chairman of the proceedings burst forth with the show's opening number. There you are. Great opening number. Incredible.
1: It's so good. And it really just sets the like tone for the experience Absolutely. you're going to have. I love well, and
0: it. And it also sets it sets the stage that like we're going to be using you're a part of you're a, you're a you're a part of this yeah. ensemble of yes. characters as an audience member. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um they then introduce John Jasper the Jekyll and Hyde choir master who greets his young nephew Edwin drood in the song To To Kinsman Baldwin Brothers. We now know no next again. <laughs> that that song gets stuck in my head. I'll just be walking around, and I and I'll just be like, <laughs> I just, you know. Anyway, that's not yes. important, but it does. Um, where they express their strong friendship, Drood is engaged uh, to the fair Miss Rosabud, who Jasper's mu- who is Jasper's music pupil and the object of his mad obsession. Hmm. Mm. Um, Rosabud's suspicion of the uh, suspicion of the obsession is confirmed when, at her next lesson, he asks her to sing a song he has written, "Moonfall." it's so creepy <laughs> yeah it's real rapey um yeah. no that's not i shouldn't say it like that it, it's, it's very just, it's very lustful. phantom phantom yeah it's very phantom and Christine.
1: yeah energy
0: yeah um, um an innuendo of heavy love song from jasper to her the song is beautiful yeah But it's a creepy scene because he's also like at the piano, like looking at her, like, yes, sing my angel. Gross. The kindly um, Reverend Chris Sparkle and two exotic. Oh, no, I don't want to say it like that. The kindly the kindly Reverend Chris Sparkle and the two immigrants, they. They are um helena and neville landless arrive neville is immediately attracted to rosa which makes him a rival of both J- edwin and the secret of jasper something i do want to note we are very aware it's like a drowsy chaperone situation we are aware that these are characters playing characters these are actors playing characters yeah so it's a show within a show
1: yeah because their is- their cast is like oh you're alice whatever and you're as Stephanie J. Block playing Alice, whatever, playing Drood.
0: Exactly, exactly. So there's that conversation of, I I think that it's meant to be, which doesn't make it right, especially for this kind of, it's still brown face, but it's, we are aware that they are a white person playing a Southeast Asian person, but that's not, it's still not good. I just think that is why it's been, White person, white person, white person, you know? Because I was like, why is no one play? Why is no Southeast Asian person ever actually play this? Why is it always yeah, a white person? I th- and I think it's ugh, both sides of the coin.
1: Well, I also think that um Broadway's racist. And mm-hmm. I I think. Absolutely. Because when working on Dreamcasting, not to go off on a tangent, we could, you know, move on very quickly. But I was very specific that I wanted to cast South Asian performers. As the landless siblings. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And do you know how difficult it was to find South Asian Broadway performers? Yeah. They are, like, non-existent because they're not getting cast Mm -hmm. in anything. Even even fucking Aladdin. Yeah. (laughs) Even in fucking Aladdin. Like, it's just wild to me that, like, Broadway producers and casting teams, hopefully this will change. But at least in the past, uh, even up to 2019, are just casting like, "Oh, you're a you're a brown person. You can play whatever." Awful. And it's like, it Awful. just is really gross. And it, it, I personally don't think there's any excuse for it. No, <laughs> period. Of course not. But, um, yeah. Unless you're trying no. to tell a story that like Helena and Neville are like British expats and they moved there when they were kids which was something that did happen back in the day I've seen a little princess you know but unless it's something like that then and even then there's no reason to have them in brown face
0: no exactly and and I'm I was not getting at that oh yeah makes it okay I just want to put that out there but I just am saying that I think that's why the casting has done that I think that's the like excuse yeah but it's what is what's I think the difference between this and drowsy chaperone which again we'll get into it but i think it's something we should really touch on is like drowsy chaperone is is like being being offensive and it's purposefully being offensive to show how offensive it was to do that back in that time you know like to cast a white person as a hispanic person and a chinese person and it's it's not a like it's not a like good impersonation. It's actively be- being not good. It's not like they're making fun of anyone, but they're actively not trying to be like, you are going to play a very true to form Hispanic person or- and Chinese person. You're actually, what's actually happened is you're mimicking people who did such a poor job back in the day to point and like laugh at, at the person who tried to, who did brown face back in the day. The thing that makes this even more cringy which that still isn't great, but like what's cringy about this is that every time I've seen these, uh, seen or heard a recording of this, people are actively trying to do a very good Southeast or South Asian accent and embodiment of these people. And it makes it harder to watch, even though like, I, I know you're trying to, trying very hard to honor this race of people, but it, it makes it worse cast someone who's from that culture like that's that yeah. seems like the appropriate answer i i i just don't get it i don't understand why also that in 2012 we were doing this
1: yeah andy carl and jesse Mueller. Like, yeah i don't know it's also disappointing because the, they're both actors that i love i think i'm like yeah i'm like duly disappointed it's not in their just, fault you know well it's it's, so, it's it's like not their fault because that's what they were cast as, but I'm also like, you should you should have known better. I just wish you had said no. Yeah, and like, I guess
0: though, like they in 2012. I mean, think about how far we've come in l- a little less than ten years. Like, sure, huge strides, and I just don't think that. I think that it's more of like the producer should have said no, and yes, they should have understood at that time, but I give them more slack because it was just how things were back then and now I'm sure looking back they both are like oh I hate that we did that you know
1: yeah I also think like in my I really yeah I'm I wasn't trying to like go off on a tangent but in my like search for like this and other things for this podcast I found myself on like message boards from like when this show came out and people were like think it's a little bit fucked up that jesse Mueller and yeah. Andy carl are in brownface and doing accents and it feels really gross to me and watching yeah. person after person after person after person be like no like it's not a big deal like there are actors in the troupe and there would not have been south asian people in a british acting troupe like it wouldn't have made sense for them to be there like it's very like why can't i play nala in the lion king you know yeah that's what it yeah. feels like to me and it makes it makes me feel so gross that even as recently as 2012 there were people who thought that way and there are people who still think that way. I know yeah. people who think that way and you know people who think that way. Yeah. And it's it's incredibly disheartening and I'm I just it it just makes me upset <laughs> and I'm just uh, yeah. I'm just upset that it even happened and I I watched all these videos of them like talking about like promoting the show and Jesse Mueller's all over it. And I'm like, Jesse, what the fuck? What the fuck? I want to believe that you're smarter than this because this wasn't like her first Broadway show. She could have said no.
0: It wasn't. But again, I like do want to hit home that like I think that justification in 2012 was enough for people and it makes it's not doesn't make it right. I just don't think that it's fair to say like she should have said no. I mean, think about in 2012, like how we how just like everyone thought about things, you know? Sure. It's it we've we've been able to like grow so much since then. So I just don't want to like villainize Jesse Mueller oh, because I'm- of something that just was a way different time. And she's and she didn't like it's not like she actively was like, oh my god, now I'm gonna be playing south asian people for the rest of my life because i did it so well you know i don't know yeah i yeah this i agree it's i i totally agree with you i just i just want to i just i always there's such a thin line to like walk on because there's sometimes there's sometimes i'm like you should have never said yes to that like ever 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 but then i look at things like robert downey jr and tropic thunder like that's a role that's celebrated and i can see why it is and i i it's just like where is the line and how and how do we say like well this one is okay and this one isn't and without it being like so blatant
1: you know what i mean yeah i i just think like specifically on broadway yeah there has been enough harm done of people doing brown face and black face that i agree we don't we don't need to be doing it anymore at all no. like even no. for even no. for like you know some kind of statement of some kind, like just don't do it. Yeah. No,
0: I agree. I don't think anybody should be doing it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not advocating for that again. Like I want to say that I'm not advocating for that in any way.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, let's get back to the synopsis.
0: uh, yeah, the chairman then brings the audience to London and the sinister opium den of the Princess Puffer, who talks to the audience and explains the wages of sin. A ballet dance then follows. A discover we discover then that Miss Puffer's regular clients is none is none other than Jasper himself, who cries out the name Rosabud during a hallucination. He's having a he's doing opium you know in an opium den yeah um puffer shows great interest in the fact and stores it away in her memory uh then back in cloisterum cloisterum i think neville and Drewd meet and come to odds with each other almost immediately (laughs) almost immediately next the chairman is called in to play another character as the actor is unable to come which is hilarious very Mm. um gentleman's guide yeah um but it turned out that the scenes of his character and the scenes of mayor sapsy coincide and the characters have to disagree with each other the results in major confusion for the poor mayor sapsy slash the chairman and laughs for the audience (laughs) (laughs) he and jasper sing of their conflicting minds and then jasper of course meaning it literally in the patter song both
1: sides of the coin which is that's the song that gets stuck in my head the like I don't even know the words. Can, it's, yeah, it's
0: like the words don't get stuck in your head. It's just the <laughs> <laughs> okay, both sides of the so, coin. <laughs> yes, yeah. Both sides of that coin. When they like pick it up and it gets faster, it's in yeah, it's insane. It's so good. La 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 la. la. <laughs> I love it. Um, we are introduced to the drunken stonesman Dirtles and his assistant deputy and his assistant deputy. Um, which is basically like the uh, gravediggers from Hamlet, you yeah. know, which are so great. Yeah. In the graveyard, they tell us that Edwin and Rosa, who have been promised to each other since they were children and cannot tell if they truly love each other, have called off their engagement. Perfect strangers. As a parting gift, Rosa gives Drew her hair clasp, which once belonged to her mother. Um, and it is Christmas Eve and Jasper has arranged a reconciliation dinner of the Landless Twins, Chris Sparkle, Rosa, and Drood in the resulting song, No Good Can Come From Bad, which is like the, it's kind of like the, the, it's the big song of the show. It's It's like this song pops up melodically throughout the entire show.
1: It's the full disclosure of
0: Mystery of Edwin Drood. 100%. 100%. (laughs) And that's all there is to say. That's all there is. I can't say more because 100%. Um, Neville and Drew's antagonism is re- reinstated and Helena and Chris Sparkle's Chris Sparkles' worry for Neville's reputation is shown as it is revealed that Chris Sparkle used to be in love with Rosa mother, Rosa's mother who died at Rosa's birth. Soon the party disbands and the guests depart into a violent storm. There is a short halt where the actor playing Bazzard soliloquies about how he never seems to be able to get a major part in a show in the song Never the Luck and it is so cute like everyone leaves and he just stands at the front of the stage and just never the look it's just so it's so cute um and such a great like deviation from no good can can come from bad to him being like i just want a good role in a show yeah please Um, yeah please please the next day uh drood has vanished chris barkle's assistant discovers edwin's torn coat by the river oh no in a van down by the the river (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> drood was last seen walking there with neville the night before neville is almost lynched by the townsfolk before being rescued by chris Sparkle. what if this was what if i was like almost lynched by the townsfolk being rescued by chris Sparkle? the town folk song from beauty and the beast jasper publicly swears <laughs> that's what happens they all go to say kill the beast jasper publicly swears to track down his nephew's killer later he visits rosa and confesses his love for her she's horrified and angry and they sing the name of love and moonfall ending with Jasper's pursuing rosa offstage as an act as the act concludes awesome great as act two begins six months later and there is still no sign of Drude. there is much speculation as to his fate Meanwhile, it is revealed that Puffer has been investigating Drood's disappearance, but has also noticed a rather seedy-looking figure who seems to be doing the same. It turns out that this man, played by the same actor who plays Drood normally, Dick Datchery, is a private investigator. They sing Setting Up the Score. The cast appears and summarizes the situation, warning the audience, don't fall back on your assumptions. Hasty presumptions might do you in. Which is, you know, the, um, it. What? <laughs> what, what, what's the name of the song? Oh, it's a good joke, but I can't think of the name of the song. What's it from? Into the woods. Little Red Riding Hood.
1: Oh, I know things now. I know things
0: now. Well, okay. I ruined it. <laughs> Telling them to think um carefully of who they will vote for as the murderer in the song. Don't quit while you're ahead. As the song climbs to a climax, um, the actors trail off and the chairman announces to the audience that it was. This place that Charles Dickens laid down his pen forever. <laughs> However, they, the audience, with the audience's help, will resolve the story, and the public voting begins as to who Datchery and the murderer are. Unfortunately, the actress playing drood up to that point, Datchery is not chosen, and Datchery then exits the theater in a huff. Once the once the votes have been tabulated. Mm -hmm. the cast comes out and sings don't quit while you're ahead to welcome the audience back to the story and remind them that the mystery has not been solved puffer finds rosa reveals that years before she has been rosa's nanny and tells her backstory in the garden garden path to hell she tells of a man she loved who made her become a prostitute to please his friends and then let then left her same once she lost her looks um she she found her way to earn money (laughs) Selling opium, She then continues with Puffer's Revelation and reveals the identity of Datchery, previously chosen by the audience. Uh, the evening's Datchery, either Bazzard, Reverend Chris Barkle, Helena, Neville, or Rosa, explains in her vision of the Revelation song, Out of a Limerick, why they donned the costume and tracked down the killer. The girls did it in mainly to disguise their gender neville to pronounce his innocence chris barkle to help both neville and helena and bazard to give himself a dramatic reveal and an important character in the play me same <laughs> me. yeah <laughs> absolutely you um the gist of each song is the character the gist of each song is that the character followed jasper to the house and found the clasp that rosa gave drood which jasper would f- have had only if he had taken it from Drude. Jasper's double nature reveals itself and he admits that he strangled his nephew while under the influence of the Land Landenum Loudenum Loudenum Landon Mumford. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's my brother. Um <laughs> loudenum um that he reveals he poured into the wine the night before the party. Jasper's confession. All right. So now we're getting into it right. We're yeah. getting rid re- we're getting into the confessions. This is my Each favorite person- part. I know it's well it's it's the crux of the show Mm -hmm. it's every single character has a confession that they sing but not every single person sings it every single night because that's what you that's like where the story you picking the story you pick whose confession you hear because they're the person who murdered Drew so it's super super awesome and do yourself a favor and listen to all of them on the recording because they're so good so specifically Rosabuds. Rosa Bud is not worth fucking anything in this whole show until her confession. Have yeah. you listened to
1: Betsy Wolf sing that confession? Uh, yes, I have. And I was like, Holy that's shit. why that is why people were like, Oh, Betsy Wolf. Yeah, that's it. My God. I, I would have
0: been so upset if I would and if I saw the show on Broadway and I didn't get to see that confession and I heard it later. Because i have been like, because Rosa, Rosa Bud is not a good character. Like I yeah. don't. But then you have that as your confession and you can sing it like that. Betsy Wolf can sing it like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I would have been upset as an audience member if I didn't get to hear that. Anyway. Dirtle's the gravedigger, however, disagrees. He witnesses the crime. So we do actually hear Jasper's confession no matter what, because it's like, oh, he's obviously the He's killer. obviously the killer, duh right and then so then the, the gravedigger disagrees that it's him and he goes he witnessed the crime and knows who actually killed drood depending on the audience's vote the finger is pointed to bazar chris barkle helena neville puffer rosa and dirtles the murderer confesses then sings the reprise of one of the several numbers beginning with a man could go quite mad then admits their culpability the gist of each of the songs is the character killed drood you know um for a reason blah 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 right <laughs> Exactly. Um, you can go and listen. I'm not going to break down each song. Still, a happy ending is needed, um, and the chairman asks the audience to choose two lovers from amongst the remaining cast members. The two chosen members declare their love and then reprise Perfect Strangers. Just then, there comes a noise from the crypt, a very much alive, Edwin Drew appears, ready to tell us all what really happened on the night of his, of his disappearance. The writing on the wall, which I love the ending of
1: that song yeah the
0: (laughs) writing on the head turn (laughs) yes it's there is a clip on youtube it is the best stephanie j block moment in the whole world it is the epitome of stephanie j block as a performer she is singing the song and then i don't know why the camera or why the camera cuts on this moment but she does a head turn straight to the audience and is looking directly at the camera on riding on the head turn. And she heard she's like, her mouth is just perfectly Stephanie oh. J. Block. I mean, it's, it is- Soft palate lifted. Like, lifted. It is so high belting. It's, and it's just, it's boom. So There's no good. scooping into it. It's just, boom. It's so good. It's, and do yourself a favor. It's amazing. It's so, I listen to it on repeat- I listened to that just truly that me and Mason when we were in undergrad would just play that on a loop just that ten seconds it's amazing I love it yeah it's fucking crazy she's such a good singer what so what happened uh, when Druid was killed uh, was that. When Druid was attacked, he was only stunned when he fell and was not killed. Jasper dragged him into a crypt where he left him. When Druid woke, he escaped and fled from Cloisterum, only returning so that he could find out who wanted him dead. He sings to the audience, eventually joined by the rest of the cast, imploring them to hold on to life for as long as they possibly can, and telling them that holding on to life is all. The mystery is solved, and the show continues or concludes, excuse me, as the cast sings to the audience to read the writing on the wall. End of show.
1: I love it. It's uh, it's such a gr- druid is such a great role for a woman. It's so, it really is so good. And like as someone who only knows the 2012 cast recording, and the one video I watched of Betty Buckley singing "Writing on the Wall" because I had to see it. Uh, it's druid is so good. You get to do so many things and play and this like show this type of show. It's where I wanna live. You know? Where you're you're a character playing another character, you're also interacting with the audience, and it's a murder mystery, like dream. A, dr- a dream, a dream. But there's no rules for me in this show. So I'm, That's I'm true. I'm not a soprano, can't be Rosa. Maybe if maybe like a a gender-bent bazard or something. Oh yeah. Oh my but, god, you would oh, wait. You should put that in your book. You think so? You really should. Okay. It would be so cute. Never. Yeah. Heard the look. yeah, I think that's the that's the only character that I could plausibly play, and they would have to gender bend it. So Broadway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, and I'm over here like, when can I play Drood?
1: Yeah, of duh.
0: I'm very oh. much a drood.
1: Well, you can put it in your writer. Like, I will only play Druid if Kat plays. Yep. Yes, exactly yeah oh man oh but but
0: this show is so fun and it is it's visually really stunning Mm -hmm. sorry i got distracted by how good my hair looks
1: (laughs) well likely podcasting a visual medium it's okay i've been looking at my curls and i'm like "Mm."
0: yeah it's just like air drying and it's never like i know it's not like the greatest my hair has ever looked but air drying it doesn't usually look as effortless as it looks right now um anyway (laughs) sorry maybe it's maybelline maybe she's delusional (laughs) yeah uh this show is visually stunning it's interesting like the cast is very interesting when it comes to like the different roles. I mean, there's a lot of men, but it doesn't feel like a male dominated piece, but I think because Druid is a woman, yeah, you know? Um, and there's a lot of women in this show. Yeah. Um, I, I shouldn't it's... say a lot. There's three women in
1: this show. Well, well you've, you've got Druid, Rosa, Princess, and Helena. So you got four women. Yeah. And then you have. Oh, and Ma- Princess
0: Puff. Oh, you said Princess. Yeah. yeah.
1: You've got the mayor john jasper neville but i mean yeah i'd say it's like pretty evenly split as far as shows balanced. go it's pretty balanced yeah. um because normally it's like oh, especially because- it's like newsies all men and then the one female one role, one woman
0: yeah and then um i it's also like really expansive for women in like the different roles that you can play there's not mm-hmm. just like one ingenue and then no other women it's it's Princess Puffer, a like really good, I'm sorry, I said one ingenue. I meant to say one ingenue and then like one older woman who's like a mother who was on stage for one second. Yeah. It's a badass, strong woman yeah. who's like the quote unquote female villain, but she's actually not, you know, well, um,
1: but she's that trope. She's like a villain. But when you listen to her like confession, she's like, I thought that Drood was Jasper and I was trying to, do the right thing like I was trying to save. She's not
0: a villain yeah
1: no, not at all and I I totally understand the thought of Cheetah Rivera for this role
0: I get it, it too it's I like fully yeah I understand I just think that there's I just think there's better oh sure people for it um but I'm also like I 100% get it I just don't know I don't I didn't love vocally I didn't love her I think she I hate to say this but I think she was too old I think she was getting to the point where she was getting too old to sure. vocally. Um, cause she never was like a big singer anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I mean, who I, who I cast, what I'm saying, like literally doesn't make any sense in comparison to who I cast anyway. So oh,
1: who I, I cast the person I cast for princess Puffer, just because I think she'd have a great time.
0: Amazing, <laughs> I was like, I want amazing. her to have some
1: fun. Let's put yeah, her in. Just,
0: just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah I again I, I thought it was very intelligent casting I just I don't know yeah, I feel very it. I just feel very like yeah I get it about it you know sure. I wasn't like oh yeah cheetah cha 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 cheetah no so yes that's how I feel about that I love the role of uh princess puffer though and yeah. I love drood and it's very rare that I can look at a show and go, oh, there's two parts I could play. Usually it's like, there's my one track, if it's even in the, even if it's in
1: the show. Yeah, I, you know, I think Rupert Holmes did a fairly decent job of writing women. And that's hard. Charles Dickens, well, yeah, I guess, but I'm going to give it to Rupert Holmes. Um, Especially when you're looking at like, the source material because i've never read it but i have read other charles dickens books and i can only imagine those women were not written very well yeah sure (laughs) um especially like helena because oh god yeah like we think people are racist and um
0: yeah helena and um neville are really strong characters and very good characters so good yeah that it is it's a it's a juicy role for both of those people because i also i love how um i love how throughout the whole play you are kind of guessing it's it's so well written because you're guessing who actually did it it's a really well-written mystery in that way Mm -hmm. nothing is ever given away of course you're always like it's jasper but they throw that away by being like here's jasper's confession Get off the stage, you're actually it's actually not you. We all know it because yeah. you're the one that everyone thinks it is. Yeah, obvious. Look at everyone else who's been kind of creepy the whole time. And so I say that to say like there's there is motivation for every single person, and yeah. you see that through all of through throughout the whole play. So brilliant. And um I bring that up because Neville and Helena come on and automatically are these really intelligent, witty strong grounded people who yeah. are who clearly think they're like more intelligent than anyone else on the stage and they're aware of it and it already it makes them look villainous because yeah. they're more, just more intelligent and they can yeah. out with anyone and i'm just like god those are good characters yeah I, so good so so well written and of yeah. course i haven't like gone back and read the script so there could be some like really
1: oh i sure written racist stuff that i I'm... am not Yeah. So like, I'm I'm
0: just, I'm just like, not, um, I'm just not aware of that. So I don't want to speak to that, but I, I think from what I can remember, the material is really makes those two act makes those two roles really, really juicy acting roles in this show. Yeah. And it's unfortunate about like, what's
1: yeah. What's been done. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it, it is really disappointing because all like, you know, it could be such a great opportunity for someone who is not white <laughs> to do it. Yeah, it. Yeah. But I, you know, I think that this it both surprises me that it's not done super often, but it also doesn't surprise me because the music, and a lot of elements, there's so many elements. I think it's the kind of show that could be done often and do well because. Audiences love participating. They love Mm -hmm. it. They love it. Well, it's,
0: but there's, a. I say there's a lot of elements. I mean, there's like a, there's a lot of elements to like why I think people don't do it. Uh, And it's really layered as well in the sense of why people don't do it. I think it's, the cast is big. Every single person has to be leading. Yeah. Leading quality people. It's very ensemble based in that way, but they're all like leading actors. And you have to have uh, for this show this is not just like a a like oh i can sing really well and do no this is an actor show
1: the unless you unless you um rig the voting so rosa bud never confesses there you go then you don't need an actor for rosa
0: yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) um but then you have the um the complication of the helena and neville yeah um and then and then um, the set design is it has to be gorgeous. You have to be in so many different places. You have to be in Princess Pepper's den. You have to be in London. You have to be at a grave site, and you have to ensure that there's a there's an audience because like, if there isn't an audience, like yeah, then the show doesn't work. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces that make this a very complicated show to do regionally if you don't have a really strong support system for that theater you know what i mean yeah so
1: yeah i i definitely agree that's you know it's like the the idea feels like a million dollar idea like why are there not more shows like this not necessarily like as like well written musically or whatever but like shows where the audience is like i think this person i'm gonna vote for this person as the killer and, mm-hmm. you know, these are the lovers and this is who the, like, I, I yeah. love that
0: the audience gets to choose who's the lovers. I love that.
1: I, I love being in those audiences, but I also love acting for those audiences.
0: The problem was when I watched it though, and I, and I recognized that I do this, I was like, I want Pr- Princess Puffer to be everything. Like, I don't give a shit about anyone else on that stage. And then I also voted for Basil.
1: Honestly, I'm, and I'm sure that this has happened, but if I was voting for the lovers, I would vote for the landless siblings. Cause I want to see that love song. I want to see them act their way through that where they're like, we're siblings, but we have to sing a love song. So it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of shit I would, that I would do. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would love to see like a breakdown of, um, of who, who was the character who got to sing their confession
1: the most yeah the
0: most um i bet you it was cheetah rivera i bet
1: sure i mean people want to see cheetah do shit i get it exactly exactly i
0: get it it. yeah
1: uh so dream casting i started with mayor thomas and the only person i want to see play this role is sir ian mckellen wait
0: okay sure i only have one as well um but mine is Jefferson Mays from Gentleman's Guide.
1: He's good, too. <laughs> He's good, too.
0: I was really surprised when I listened to the
1: recording that it wasn't
0: him, actually.
1: Yeah, I think they do have similar voices.
0: Yeah, I I also, the, the specifically in um, Both Sides of the Coin. Yeah. It really sounds like him. And I just, in a show like this, Jefferson Mays shines, and I'm sure that he gets, like, pigeonholed into these kind of shows now that he did Gentleman's Guide yeah he just did such a good job in Gentleman's Guide like beyond good in Gentleman's yeah. Guide that I would just want to see him do
1: everything mm-hmm. no I get that he's I that's so good in Gentleman's Guide that's really good casting I like that and Thank he would you. he would do really well he he can command I never a stage. Know his name mm-hmm. yeah I never know his name I always have to look it up I
0: can always forget it <laughs> Um, it's such a it's such a white guy name. I want to do it, something more special. It, yeah. Um Jefferson. That was not is a is a pretty interesting name. Yeah. Anyway, that's who I chose.
1: Anyway, um, so the next character I have is Drood, our star, our leading lady slash man. I have two possibilities for Drood. My first choice, my gut instinct, is Carolee Carmelo. Oh, yeah absolutely i would absolutely i would pay every penny i have to hear her sing writing on the wall yep this is her role for
0: sure yeah Yeah, i'm pissed i didn't think
1: about her um so she was my gut choice and probably the one i'm most excited about but i want to follow it up with judy Kuhn, who understudied the role in the original Broadway production so
0: yeah it'd be a nice full circle moment for her absolutely and Judy Coon's a weird is a weird choice for an understudy for that role especially younger Judy Coon
1: yeah Um, well I I saw that I would think of her more as Rosa bud me too that's what I thought I was like oh if she's gonna be in it she's gonna be Rose bud nope drood drood Drood.
0: so I had a gut instinct as well Mm -hmm. um but it I'm kind of kicking myself that it wasn't Carolee Carmillo. Julia Murney. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, right? She would be so I think good. that she would be so fucking badass in that role. Yeah. uh Yeah. Very different from Stephanie J. Block and Carolee Carmillo, but I would yeah. I think it would be a great role for her. So yeah.
1: she'd bring a lot of grit to the role, which I would like.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. well, like she's absolutely someone who she's more of a Betty Buckley.
1: yeah 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 Mm, i like that i like that a lot Um, that was my
0: gut instinct yeah
1: i mean it's a good gut instinct the next character i have is rosa bud me too um who do you have for rosa
0: i'm guessing you're not comfortable with the one you put no 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 i actually i
1: (laughs) I like my rosa but i thought i would let you go first since i went first for drood
0: i like who i have too it feels kind of like a obvious like okay like yeah she'd be good I guess uh Danae Benton
1: I also have Denae Benton
0: yeah 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 it I just think... feels like that's the obvious choice yeah she'd I... be beautiful she'd, she'd be so be... good she could sing the shit out of the confession
1: yes I do have a
0: second I... choice I do too okay
1: who's your second choice
0: Philip Sue but it feels
1: obvious again because yeah I get that no one, I mean because I, didn't... Of,
0: uh, I mean great comment is just
1: yeah. yeah i i did not think of philippa sue i don't know why because i did think of danae benton but i did think i think even oblazada would be a very I interesting put her
0: in this show i almost put her in this show as mm. Hmm. i
1: don't
0: see i've never heard her sing in her soprano register so that's yeah. fair i mean i so i'm i'm not saying she doesn't have it i just yeah. never just haven't heard she, it it would be a it would be an interesting role for her to play because I think it would be something that people have never seen her do. Yeah. Why
1: not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think she'd be an interesting choice. The next character I have is John Jasper. And again, I only have one choice for this. Although I do think Will Chase is excellent casting. It's really such a great role for him, but I would love to see a younger Brian Darcy James mm-hmm
0: absolutely
1: mm-hmm. absolutely he's just a little
0: very much on board
1: a little too old now but oof. yeah
0: a little too old
1: he would kill him
0: yeah, yeah that'd be good um i'm not i'm not so i'm not like crazy about mine but i'm also like not sure kicking myself about it but this is i wanted to like explain my criteria sure um, i want jasper to have a like inherit, inherent inherent darkness to his quality and of tone and just in, in a general like aura had like a darkness mm-hmm. to him yeah and I really had a hard time figuring out who that was but my gut instinct was to look at someone who has been in like American Idiot Spring Awakening that track so I think sure. you understand what I'm getting at John Gallagher Jr. is who
1: I put I get that I think that's a good choice I like that it's
0: a good choice but I just I don't necessarily know if he has the, like, classic acting chops, classical he, acting chops for this. Yeah.
1: But I would love to see him. I love him. Yeah. I'd love to see him do something like this just to, like, see yeah. what it would be like. No, but I think.
0: Oh, that, you know yeah. it would be so good? Wesley Taylor.
1: Yeah. He was on my list, but I was like, you know what? It, yeah. he. This, this is definitely Wesley Taylor's role in this show.
0: Yeah, it is. I didn't even think that he that is the embodiment of what I'm getting at, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He would be so, really like, good. John
0: Gallagher Jr. would come in the room for it, but I think Wesley Taylor would get it.
1: Yeah. I like that. Mm. Uh, so, Princess Puffer. Yeah.
0: Just I have one. I have one person that I
1: have, I, I'm, I'm, I also have one. Um, And just to remind everyone of my criteria, I picked this person because I think she would just have fun. I think she's. She's done a lot of like really earnest work and I want to see her do something fun. So I cast Leia Salonga.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I think she could do it.
1: I oh, I think she could do it too, but I don't think that the I don't think anyone would call her in for it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But I think she would be great.
0: Such a weird. Yeah, yeah, she would be amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: She has oh. a she has a, 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 it's not a typical grit, but it's her kind of grit. Yeah, I mean. It's a darkness that I think would be really, really mesmerizing in
1: that role. Yeah. I mean, she has played Mrs. Lovett before. So. Yeah. She's definitely capable. I, I just don't think, people don't see Leia Salonga and think Princess Puffer. No, no. But. She
0: could absolutely do it. Yeah.
1: So that's my Princess Puffer.
0: So mine is if I'm gonna get into like why I chose this. It's because I fucking wanted to. And we all know that she's gonna be fucking great in this role. And I know earlier I said, I don't anyone, I think Cheetah was too old for it and that her voice sounded too old, but this person, I don't give a shit about it. And that person is Elaine Stritch. <laughs> I
1: fucking knew it. I fucking knew. I was like, this bitch is going to say Elaine Stritch. And I can't disagree. <laughs> I can't disagree. So good.
0: Imagine the part <laughs> when she goes, um, whatever, whatever, shit. Oh, excuse my language. Where Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Shit. Like that. Yeah. Elaine Stritch would be so good.
1: It Very. So good. Yeah, she'd be so good. And I mean, I would see Elaine Stritch do anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. i see her play Rosa rosebud. <laughs>
1: she could play any role in any show and I would be like where I will buy a ticket I will buy a ticket <laughs> Donna and really do Mia, think, sure
0: <laughs> I mean honestly though but the no, Princess puffer is her role though I think she would be yeah. so good
1: yeah yeah I she think she would be great in,
0: <laughs> she comes out though in not in not in traditional 1800s yeah. garb she yeah. comes in a long shirt. Flats and tights, and she's like, "I'm not getting in a corset. I'm not doing
1: it." Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm wear
0: what I wore to the theater today.
1: I'm too fucking old for that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Oh yes. So um, that's all
0: I had. I did not cast uh, Neville and Helena for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. I don't know enough South um, Asian actors. Um, yeah. To 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 cast it confidently, and I didn't want to cast a South Asian actor. Just because I'm like, well, I want, a, I just need to put a South Asian actor in this role. So I did not do that. Um, if, what I will say to that, though, is if people, like, do know of South Asian actors that you think would be beautiful in these roles, please, like, put it on our Instagram and, send, like, let us know. Send them it, Send, send, it me, their so
1: Dead ass, send yeah. me their reels. Deadass. Send me their reels. I want to watch them. I love watching people. I love watching an actor's reel. I... I found someone that I think would be a very good Helena. I do think she would be a better Rosa Budd. Um, and her name is Shoba Narayan. She was an understudy for a Great Comet. Check her out. She's got a beautiful voice. Beautiful. Um, so Isn't she the woman that you
0: said, like, they were – she was the first South Asian yes, actress It was, like, lead and-
1: in, like, 14 years. There was this whole article I found because I was just, like – please, I need something. She was the first South Asian woman to play a leading role on Broadway in like 14 years at the time. It was
0: insane.
1: It was fucking insane.
0: That was in Great Comet.
1: Yeah, she she was an understudy in Great Comet. Yeah. So the, the whole Landless thing was just incredibly disheartening because I do try to believe like the best as much as I can but this just showed me a lot of like the worst and like disappointing but I think Shoba would be a great Helena she'd be a great Rosa she can play a- whatever role she wants Bazzard I have decided is going to be me I will be playing Bazard. and oh I forgot about Bazzard I also think um anyone who plays the dear Mr. Marachek yes. that same character if you've played okay. that you can play so- Bazzard. <laughs>
0: So if you've played that, and if you've played, um, so if you've ever played, if you ever played that character, you can also play what's his face in Music Man, and you
1: can
0: play this.
1: Yes, all three. Yes, Um, agreed. And then I also cast Reverend Chris Sparkle only because I had someone, and I was like, that's so good. And it's Terrence Mann. I want to see Terrence Mann as my Reverend Chris Sparkle because why not? I
0: I love. Terrence man would watch what? him do anything why not it's still um, so weird to me that he was in Cats
1: so weird it feels so out of his like
0: it's not he's never world. played anything like it ever again
1: yeah know? but he was great we love it we love to see it yeah. great and like that's the show that's the mystery of Edwin Drood we have solved it um just call us uh Nancy Drew cause we are solving mysteries
0: Nancy Drood
1: Nancy Drood <laughs> I hope you liked this episode. The next episode that's going to be coming out is a very cool one. We're very excited about it. It is The Music Man. We're recording it. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) At the time of recording this, we have already recorded The Music Man episode. I can tell you it's going to be very, very fun. We have a special guest. It's my friend Rob Mobley. And it's going to be great. So be sure to check that out. And yeah, like that's... That's it. That's That's all. That's it. Um, So until next time. Later. In for a penny. (laughs) Up for a pound. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Editing Cat here. Just a quick, very exciting announcement. We will be having a special mini episode coming out on Wednesday, August 11th. We will be discussing the soon-to-be hit show, Stranger Sings, the musical parody, which will be playing August 5th through September 5th at the Players Theater in New York City. You can see the description of this episode for more information, or check out that episode for an exciting chat with the writer Jonathan Hogue and one of the stars, at least in my opinion, our very own Slee! Be sure to give it a listen and check the show out if you are in the New York City area. Thanks so much! See you next time.
0: I have read the writing on the wall I'll give up never